Yeah. How do you freaking deal with people like this? Because <laughs> we can't just go out and bury them six feet under. <laughs> we can't. We'll end up in jail. So, babe, how do we deal with morons like this? <laughs> uh. Welcome to the Creating Love Together podcast. We are your host, Tim and Jamie Holloway. And we come at you twice a week, giving you the lowdown on everything. Everything. That sounded juicy. It did. <laughs> are we ready? Are we ready? I'm kind of ready. All right. You look ready. <laughs> Big smiley face. I feel like I'm just kind of blah today. It is kind of blah today. Like, I think I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Um, You woke up on the normal side of the bed, but... <laughs> now, I did too. I woke up this morning because my head was hurting and my neck was hurting. And I realized, like... Because I have a special pillow because I have a bad neck. And so it's the only pillow I can use. And I just had been laying on it funny. So it gave me a headache. But no matter what I did, like, I couldn't like relieve like the pressure I felt. Um, and so I just kind of woke up blah with a headache. I'm struggling to like overcome that this morning. Yeah. And I'm cold. Yeah. It's freezing. So there are like days like this whole time, right? Like yeah. a couple times a month or whatever. Um, yeah. And it's hard to press through sometimes. It's like, oh, yeah. I don't know what happened to to this day, and I think um, I think it comes down to starting the day proactive or starting the day reactive. Yes. Yeah, like proactive is like, oh, this is this is my day. This is what I'm gonna do, and starting it out. But then reactive is if something comes into your day that's not expected, and it kind of just takes you off course into another direction. So. That's definitely how I started out. I was <laughs> reacting to a headache. Yeah. And it sucks, you know? And then, like, um, I started off this way, but then at the same time, I – and I got to be kind of really, um, like, kind of talking code a little bit because <laughs> I get yelled uh, at when I say certain things on the podcast and not from you. Uh-huh. Anyways, so I had to communicate with somebody last night um, about my kids, okay? And I was really hoping to be able to compromise and, yeah, I just was hoping to comp compromise, which I knew it wasn't going to work, even though I'm like, okay, cool, let's compromise, we can do this, let's sing Kumbaya, right? <laughs> but I knew I... Like, I had really high expectations, I guess. I don't know. So, like, I kind of want to talk about today, because we've been talking about it a little bit this morning. Like, how do you freaking deal with people who will not compromise? My way or the highway. F the world. Don't care about anyone else. And you're sitting here like, well, let's just compromise. Like, I want this. You want that. Let's meet in the middle. Yeah. How do you freaking deal with people like this? Because <laughs> we can't just... Go out and bury him six feet under. <laughs> we can't. We'll end up in jail. So, 
babe, how do we deal with morons like this? <laughs> uh, I have no idea. <laughs> Timothy, we have like, we just started, so, we're like two minutes into this podcast and this is like a, a third of what we want to talk about today. Okay. I have to analyze it a little bit. So analyzing it would be, okay, each person has certain expectations and certain thoughts of what they want. Um, hmm. So which one wins? (laughs) Well, see that to me, like if it's always one person, um, that gives in, they're always the loser. Yeah. And so I think the key, I don't like win lose situations. I like win win. Right. So well, I think there's uh, people in life though that that are impossible to create a win win. Now we want a win win, right? Where yeah. everybody mutually wins and kind of gets what they want. But like the reality is in life is that there are people that don't have the maturity level or the um, the wherewithal to actually accomplish that. So what do we do in that situation, right? This is what we're in. So do we be assertive or non-assertive? That's the question. Yeah. Because so, if you're assertive, then they get even more defensive. Yeah. And like, well, fine. I only gave you one middle finger. Now I'm giving you two. Yeah. Like. So do you compromise to make peace? Or do you be assertive and cause trouble? <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's like, even like, okay, if you want one thing, the other person wants what they want. But if you're like, okay, I'm not going to get what I want because I have to be an adult. I have to be mature. Let's compromise. So I'm not getting what I want. You're not getting what you want. Let's meet in the middle. Yeah. Right. So, so a person that, okay, is refused, we're not negotiating. So I would think, you know, does this scenario happen over and over where the person um, gets their will and their way all the time and that you're the one where you feel like you're the one compromising and you're getting the losing hand? So this is the scenario that's taking place is that that person always wins and you always lose. Yeah. Okay. So... Anybody who's dealing with that, I think, are you okay with constantly compromising and being the loser? Yeah. And if you're not okay, then what steps necessary do you need to take to stop being the loser? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know what the answer is, you know, in individual cases, but it's actually looking at that and saying, you know what? Mm, I think it's time for me to be assertive. And actually communicate what I want and stand on that um, since there's not going to be a win-win. Yeah. So, but see, the thing is, is like, I know I don't get what I, I'm not going to get what I want this time. I'm okay with that. I'm okay compromising. But the other person won't compromise. It's like their way or the highway. So it's like, okay, I'm going to be assertive and I'm going to like fight for something in the middle. But what happens when the other person won't budge? Yeah. And you're sitting here being assertive. What do you do? Well, (laughs) (laughs) there's certain things that you have uh, influence and control over. So you you exercise your assertiveness in those areas. 
<laughs> I finally am getting some answers out of you because you <laughs> just keep saying, I don't know, honey. I don't know. Yeah. So you know what I do? What? And this is something I'm going to remember. Okay. Get you on the podcast. <laughs> and then you're forced to talk. <laughs> How funny. I just got my way. <laughs> Boom. Mic drop. Boom. Mic drop. <laughs> Anyway, so, yeah, I don't know. So I struggle with this personally, so we'll just throw that out there, is that um, I um, have a strong sense of empathy for other people, and so I think we might flow in into this and talk about this, about people affecting our emotions and, and the way we think for... So because I take on other people's thoughts and ideas and I see their point of view... I'm easily swayed by another person's point of view. Yeah. Like, for example, in this scenario, I will look at their point of view and go, why? And then their story, and then somehow their story will become my story. Mm -hmm. Like, I take on other people's perspectives and opinions way too easily, way too easily. And I think a lot of people struggle with this, especially in relationships. This is how we let other people's opinions, moods, and ideas affect us. Because we are so empathetic and so open to seeing the other person's side. And it's like, um, it's killing us. It's killing a lot of people out there. So Yeah. So, like, how do you deal with this? Like, you and I together are not, it's, it's not me and you in this situation. You're not wanting to compromise. I'm wanting to. It's not us. It's a situation we're in with somebody else. But so many freaking people are in this kind of situation with their spouse. How do you deal with that? Because like with us, we can just set the phone down. We can ignore other people. But if it's your husband or your wife and they're not wanting to ever compromise, like that will kill a relationship. Yeah. Because that's always taking from somebody and you're never making any deposits. So how do you deal with this in a husband-wife situation? Okay, babe. So you and I love talking about relationships, sex. And we love having sex. We love having sex. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like a topic that is near and dear to our hearts. Um, but not everybody is at that point in their life where they have a good relationship like That's us. right. Like some people, like the intimacy and the sex is gone. Like gone. Once a month. Mm, I can't maybe even six imagine times that. a year. I don't know. Yeah. So can people get the intimacy back? Yes. Allah. It's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy. But you can get it back. Yes. How do they do that though, babe? Uh, through intimacy fitness. What is crazy about this program is that each partner grows individually. Yes. And then they come together and then they begin to grow together. We preach that all the freaking time. You cannot have a good relationship until you are good as an individual. Yes. So that's what's so cool about intimacy fitness because it starts with the individual and then goes to the couple. Absolutely. Love it. So where can they find this at? CLT.intimacyfitness.com. So that is CLT dot intimacyfitness.com so it's probably it's not something that we're taught it really isn't Um, having boundaries with 
your husband or your wife. No. And it's like because that's you the know, one person you're supposed to be completely open yeah, with yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, right. vulnerable and you don't but, talk about boundaries. <laughs> Uh, but there are so many, right? Yeah. And we discover them along the way and they lead to a lot of frustration. Um, and we come to the conclusion like, uh, we probably shouldn't do that to each other. Or we probably shouldn't do that. And, you know, we discover all these different boundaries that, uh, that are there that we don't know. Um, but this is a boundary issue. Yeah. It's a major boundary issue. So <laughs> successful relationships are always win-win. Yeah. Now there might be a time where it becomes a lose win for a scenario. Mm-hmm. But because the overall <clears throat> relationship is a win win, it doesn't affect it, right? Yeah. Um, there's kind of give and take and there's compromise in the relationship. But we're dealing with people that um a lot of times aren't able to create a win win scenario. Yeah. So it's the assertive boundaries of this is this is the boundaries. This is what I'm willing to do and this is what I'm going to do. And then it's kind of like like it or not. Yeah. Well, and that's so hard because like even when you were um even when you are trying to do a win-win in a relationship, there are still times that there there will be a win-lose. You know, if that happens all the time and continuously, there's a problem. That's where divorces come from. So, yeah. like, there's no mystery to divorce. It's like, you know exactly what happens. Yeah. That the the scenario is no longer a win-win. It's a win-lose. Yeah. And there's someone losing, and they're losing repeatedly. And that comes from, you know, not making deposits or making um, shitty deposits inside of somebody else yeah um that produce all kinds of negative feelings inside of them and they continue and they grow and they and then the relationships becomes empty and there's nothing there yeah um so that's and that's kind of what you're dealing with so when you're talking about dealing with other people it's like there there's a relationship that's empty um there hasn't been any win-win in fact there's been mainly compromise on one person's part over and over and over and over again repeatedly and there's been a lack of boundaries and and uh, a lack of assertiveness to assert what you actually want. So, yeah. My analyzing you a little too much. <laughs> <laughs> this was not supposed to be like that. No, no, it's good because, like, you know, when you get into that situation, it's because you have let those boundaries slip. And once they, I mean, what happens when you're out sledding? You start to slip. And then you slide and you just keep going down that hill to get back up that hill is going to take work. Yeah. And so to get those boundaries set back up is so freaking hard, especially when the other person just doesn't care. Here's the hard thing for women. Like if they're in a relationship where this win lose scenario is happening, they're probably with a very dominant husband um, who um, demands the own way and then throws a fit if they don't get what they want, right? And so you're in this scenario, it's like, I know what's going to happen if I don't give in and I don't cave. Do I really want to experience the wrath or or this kind of uh, home environment or this overall just um, nastiness that's going on? And so you choose the path of comfort over confrontation because it's easier. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's way easier. 
like setting up boundaries with someone when there is an existing history is so hard. Like for me to set up boundaries with you is super simple because there's just such a good relationship there and we have so much admiration and respect for each other. If I say, honey, I do not like that. Okay, cool. I'm sorry. I'll totally respect that. But that's because we have a healthy relationship. Yeah. So when you are in this kind of a situation in a marriage, um, how do you switch it? How do you go from no boundaries, lack of boundaries, not enforcing boundaries, to putting those boundaries in place? Yeah. Is it possible for a relationship? Or do you think it will just always end in divorce? Well, I think at first is stopping the cycle and that is recognizing what's going on. And there are certain situations that play out repeatedly and they happen just like clockwork. And uh, it's seeing seeing them actually happen and deciding to make a different decision mm-hmm. inside that process. Uh, for example, if we, since we were talking about husbands and, and I'll just go on and continue with this scenario, <laughs> a dominant husband that um, wants something uh, and has you for to compromise again. And you know that um, here's how the scenario plays out as far as getting angry or throwing things or demanding their own way and you giving in and compromise. You just identified your cycle. Yeah. That's what you do. And that is what's getting you the results that you're getting right now. So in, in between that is understanding maybe I should make a different decision. So it goes like this. So it starts with you. Yeah, it starts with you. It's... Um, Recognizing first the cycle and the scenario and stepping out of it. You see, before we're so reactive that this thing just takes us away into this whirlwind of of cause and effect and we're getting those results. It's stepping out of the cycle, recognizing it, and probably getting your mind straight. Yeah. It's like, breathe, you know, just get out of this trigger response environment and breathe and begin to think for yourself and understand that it's taking place. That's the first two steps. Uh, uh, from that, if this is so hard, so I'm not going to say it's not hard, <laughs> that you decide actually what you want and you state it and you let the person get mad and you don't care about it. Yeah. Because well, the-, the emotions are meant to manipulate yeah. Well, and that's so hard because like once you've identified it, okay, I have been triggered and this is something that takes a long time to get good at. I, for the most part, have gotten pretty good at this. When I realize I've been triggered by a kid, by you, by a relative, by Joe Blow down the street, like the moment I realize I have been triggered, it's like, okay, I've been triggered. I'm going to get pissed off. I'm going to like whatever. Do I want to continue down this path? If I do, is it going to bring me any sort of like value to my life? No. So I recognize that I have that trigger and then I step back and examine like what are my options here? Is it something just to remove myself from the situation? Mm -hmm. Is it to say, this is the facts. This is how I'm feeling. I'm not going to deal with this because it's not going to produce any sort of value, nothing will come from it. Yeah. So a lot of times for me, once I realize I'm triggered, 
I remove myself from the situation. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. It's so freaking powerful. And it's hard, but so you can do it. I was uh, raised in a, an environment where um, yelling meant um, violence. Like there was never a time where yelling didn't lead to some sort of violence. Yeah. And why would I get into a, a um, treatment center environment working with a bunch of adolescents who yell and are violent? That's a really good question. And, and coming from prison or uh, not prison, from juvenile hall. And I get into this environment and I'm triggered like multiple times every single day. That is getting your authority challenged. That is um, um, yelling and violence and fighting and stuff like that. And it's like, I need to learn some skills to begin to manage myself before I hurt one of these kids. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've never even thought of that. Like, why you put yourself in that situation? Like, I understood the mentality of you were that kid. You want to help those kids, right? Uh-huh. I get that. But there are so many triggers there for you. Yeah. I've never thought of that before. So well, what did you do? Because I'm sure you walked in and you were like, ah, like freaking out. How yeah. did you manage that? Um, so I was uh, reading a book at a, at the time it was called The Heart Mass Solution. And it, and it taught you to um, remove yourself from the situation immediately. So right when you feel this energy, it's a fight, flight, or freeze mode. Right when you feel it, you, you feel it. Your yeah. blood starts pumping a little higher, and then, then boom, recognition. Okay, I'm triggered. We yeah. don't do this, though. What we do no. is that we just go for the roller coaster wherever the trigger takes us. And what really helped me was like um, understanding the assault cycle in kids because these kids go from instant anger to violence super quick. And it was the same scenario that happened inside of my heart and my mind when I was triggered. So it's like, it was just probably education and understanding that um, I don't have to follow my normal response that I can stop, pause and think and actually choose. This is what makes us powerful human beings. The people that follow their triggers, there's a nice little place for them. And, you know, we keep them in cages and we keep them locked up because they don't have impulse control and they're they're a detriment to society. Um, But the people that are great and successful are the people that manage their impulses. It's just powerful. It is. I mean, when you can start to control your, your emotions, like it is so freeing because then you're not stuck in this situation where it's like, I'm in a yell and scream and... Okay, so you're going to laugh, but as you were talking just now um, about managing your emotions and all that, we watched Desperate Housewives. Uh-huh. Do you know who it made me think of? No, don't tell people I watch a chick show with you. There's and a I lot of like murder my, in. I got to keep up my manhood. <laughs> you're okay. demasculating me. I, I watch Desperate Housewives. Yeah. I look Do on you know my who phone. I'm, yeah, you look on your phone the whole time. <laughs> you don't know what's going on. Do you know who I'm thinking of with like managing your emotions? No. Uh, um, oh my gosh, I'm spacing her name. Brown hair, Julie's mother, Mike's wife. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The heck is her what? Her name. Who knows? It's not Brie. No. It's not Lynette. It's not Solis. It's not Gabrielle. It's 
Oh. What's our name? <laughs> oh, this is going to bug me. You can uh, Instagram us at uh, creating love together at Instagram. DM us. Tell us who that chick is. <laughs> we watch this show like every <sighs> evening. Like we're watching it on Hulu and um, spacing her name off. Anyways, okay. it reminded me of her. She is a drama queen. She loves her drama. Yeah. OMG. Exactly. Do you want to go through life like her? Or would you rather have control over your emotions? And yeah. not Brie type of control, <laughs> but having control over your emotions where you can, you know, instead of yelling and screaming and being dramatic and like being an adult, being mature and dealing with your issues. Yeah. That's it all comes stuff. to awareness. Yeah. You know, and if that's how you used to be, because for me, I used to be a yeller. That's how I dealt with my emotions. I'd yell. How often do you hear me yell now? Mm. I'm having a hard time coming up with even a, a scenario. So Yeah. I'll yeah. get a very firm voice. Yeah. But I don't yell because I have learned that yelling does nothing for you. And so it took so much work and an insane amount of awareness on my part and wanting to improve me to go from that woman who would yell to who, you know, a woman now who has control over her emotions. And it's just like so empowering. It's like if I can go from that person to this person, what else can I do? Yeah. And it's just like super freeing. Yeah. I love that. Um, uh, it's hard. And so there, there might be listeners out there who are like, who are a little bit like me and have a natural inclination to kind of take on the emotions of other people. Yeah. And if you are that person, then, then you have to make a different choice. And that yeah. is, I could see that my husband or my partner, I'm going to stop bagging on the husband. Yeah. Now. Cause it can be wives it too. It can be wives too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's overall not very happy person and always drags me into the funk, I can decide it's nice that you're upset, but I'm going to choose to be happy Yeah, and not take on the emotions of other people. And so let them do, do them and you do you. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Cause no yeah. matter what situation and you have the ability and the power to choose happiness and trust me, I've been in the depths of hell, and that's when I learned this principle. Yeah. Depths of hell. And I realized that no matter what is going on around me, no matter what I'm going through in life, like I have the choice to be happy. I do. It's not easy. It's freaking hard. But even, even in the depths of hell, you can choose to be happy. Wow. wow. You know, and one thing that... I did, and I'm starting to do again, and not because I'm in the depths of hell, but just because it's a good practice. But, like, I was journaling, and every single day I would write down things I was grateful for. And even in the times that I was living in hell, I was grateful for the sun or a flower I saw or the fact that I got out of bed today or I had clean clothes or, like, it can be the smallest things but there's always something to be grateful for. Always. You always. just have to open your eyes and look. It's good stuff. 
What an awesome yeah. podcast. I know. I Loved like it. wasn't feeling this morning, but we needed to get one done and yeah. I think it was a pretty good one. So my take one. home is this, is that we come into contact with multiple different people in multiple different kinds of relationships. And for the the person that is um, empathetic, we need to understand that their pain is not our pain. Yeah. With their struggle, their perception, even their demands and all the things that that's theirs. But this is this is us and this is ours. This is our emotions. This is how we feel about it. These are our boundaries. This is what we're going to say and this is what we're going to do. And it comes down to sometimes like it or not. That's so good. I kind of have two take-homes. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. The first one is like no matter what situa- situation you're in, you can be happy. You just have to look for it. Write those down every day. And just have that as a constant reminder, like no matter what you're going through, you can be happy. My other take home is, um, it's slipping my mind. OMG. If I think it's, if you want to know Tim's opinion, get him on a podcast. Yes, that is it. So, um, boundaries. So freaking important. Even you and I got an amazing relationship here. We have boundaries and, if you are lacking boundaries, and it doesn't matter if it's with your husband, your wife, your ex, your mother, your siblings, your children, like whoever, like you have to have boundaries in every relationship. And so if you have a relationship that has a lack of boundaries or they're not being respected, you just need to realize that you are worth those boundaries. Start small. Don't go from like, you know, zero to like expecting I don't know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Just like set uh, small walls boundaries. are built one brick at a time. Yeah, that's yeah, it. Yeah, so it's these, uh, it's these small little choices and decisions that build the boundaries. And yeah. you start super slow. I don't. You don't come home one day if your relationship is in this crazy win lose scenario in a funk and build these ginormous walls. No, because um, walls just, can be bad. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. It it it's um one decision at a time. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, in fact, when when <laughs> this scenario happens often in in, in, in religious circles, but um, a wife or a partner will accept a, a certain kind of religion and then come home, uh, radically change with a whole different scenario, build all these boundaries and walls, and, and then the other partner's like, I'm out of here. Right? <laughs> like, that's so, not what I signed up for. So that's what happens when we immediately think that we can change something at home and then come back and implement all these things to do it. It's just, you're just killing it. Yeah. Just one little step at a time. Yeah, just one step at a time. And maybe you have boundary, or sorry, the other person in the relationship has boundaries and you don't respect them. And, you know, the vice versa, they're not respecting your boundaries. So one thing you can do is if you know that by you doing X, Y, and Z, you're pushing their boundaries, you're pushing their buttons, and you know that, stop doing it. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. It doesn't have to be all about, this is my boundary. You are not crossing it. What are you doing? Ouch. Are you Gosh. crossing their boundaries? <laughs> So you step up as well, because if you can go into a situation and be like, I'm going to respect you, I would like respect in return. 
even if you don't give the respect in return, I'm still going to give it to you. But these are my boundaries. Yeah. It's hmm. good. Uh, it takes us back to this. Uh, well, I just keep on going here. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but, uh, uh, a famous quote that I grabbed onto um, during my divorce and separation, but it was, you teach people how to treat you. Yes. And this is the overall idea of responsibility that you have caused this scenario, or if you didn't cause it, you've allowed this scenario to happen. Yes. Because the failure to communicate and set standards and boundaries. So we teach people how to treat us. And we here's what happens, though. We complain, right? We play the victim, and we're like, oh, my yeah. God, they're treating us this, 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 and this, and this. But we have caused or allowed this scenario to take place repeatedly because of the decisions that we have made. And we got to make different decisions. We that's do. the bottom line. Yeah, that's good. Okay, so if you are receiving any sort of value from our podcast, we would so appreciate if you could like, subscribe. No, it's not like. Rate. <laughs> We're not on Facebook. Well, we are on Facebook, but um, if you could rate, review, and subscribe to our, our podcast, we would so appreciate it. Also, check us out on Instagram. I am getting super active over there. Very, very consistent. Um, you can find us at Creating Love Together. And remember today to just do you. <laughs>